0: Hey, good morning, Four Corners. How are you? you doing well? Great to be with you. Can we uh, just celebrate that with Jen and the band? That was, that was a great song. That was awesome. Awesome. Well, it's, uh, it's my honor to be with you today. And I uh, just want to tell you, I, I love your staff team. I just, we're so grateful to be here with you guys and, and just enjoy this space. You have a wonderful building. We've been a load-in church for seven years. So anytime you get to not move something... Is a huge celebration for us, so we're we're not leaving. So you guys are stuck with us. We have no plans to move. You have to kick us out, and so we're hoping for squatters' rights. Got my attorneys working on that. As we conclude this series uh, today, check yourself. I'd like you to I'd like to talk about an area of our life that we easily overlook, um, but it has huge impact on the the quality of our life, the trajectory of our life, and like we've talked about, I want to talk to you today about your character. And uh, to help us kind of get on the same page, I'd like you to think about character like you do transmission oil. And it'll make sense in here in just a minute, but we all know that transmission oil in a car is vital to that engine working. I, I learned that the hard way when I was a, a teenager. This is a picture of my car when I was in high school. Do we have that? Okay, we might not have it. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, that thing was beautiful. <laughs> it was called the Bluesmobile, and uh, because of the Blues Brothers movie, and um, we we one year we one summer we got bored, so we painted it camouflage. And uh, true story, yeah, my mom just gave up. She didn't she didn't ask anymore. When uh, generic came out, do you remember when generic? Stuff rolled out, and it was real popular. So my friends and I got the great idea in my senior year to paint it all white, and we spray painted it, and we put car on the side, and we put hood on the side. We thought that was great. We had a stuffed parrot in the back that uh, hung out. It was just, it was a great way to meet girls, too. I'm just being really honest with you. It was, it was an awesome car, but there were two things that I had to watch over in that car. I had to keep gas in the car, and I had to keep oil in it. And guess which one I forgot to watch over? The oil. So eventually, my friends and I were driving down the road, and a car starts smoking. And I'm not a mechanic, but that's pretty bad. And uh, and then it starts seizing up. Eventually, we pull over, and the car doesn't work anymore. And that's the death of the bluesmobile. Now, here's the thing when character leaks from our lives, eventually, it has a major consequence to us, it can be very, very costly. We can all tell stories about that. When we know someone or maybe it's been the story of our life where there's been character that's leaked out and uh, it's been co- we've been caught off guard by how much that's cost us. So let's get kind of a working definition of character. You might have your own. I've got mine. So let's, let's just look at what we're talking about when we speak of character. Character is the will to do right As God defines right regardless of the cost. That's one definition of character that I like. I've also heard Simply put that character is who you are when no one is looking simply character is who you are when no one is Looking at you now. Let me ask you a question Where do we go to work on character? I mean what what infomercial are we going to watch? What program are we going to sign up for? What, what movie or, or TV star is going to help us understand how to have strong character? I mean, you could, you could certainly watch TV to learn how to get better looking, how to uh, maybe work out in a way that is really efficient for you. But where are you going to turn? What TV show are you going to turn to? Or where are you going to look to say, man, I've got to, I've got to look at my character and I'm going to strengthen that. Now, speaking of television, I know I'm very, very pumped for tonight. Uh, just, just just one of the highlights of the year. I love the commercials. Of course, I'm, I'm talking about that three-hour marathon of HGTV's Yard Crashers. Can't wait to get home, get the little hot chocolate, sit with the wife, as all the guys like to do. I don't know what you'll be doing tonight, but there's... Uh, I'm serious. I do. I do watch HTV. I'll give you my man card later. But, anyways, I I really like uh, this show, HTV's Yard Crashers. Anybody seen it? You guys ever? Yeah, yeah. You're familiar with it then a little bit. But if you're not, let me let me kind of clue you in on how this works. These people go to a go to a big box store and they're they're walking around. And here comes the expert that comes in the building and and he walks up to these people and he says, Hey, listen, I. You, you working on something, and it's a DIY? yeah, yeah, working on something. What are you working on? And eventually you find somebody who's trying to work on their yard, and he's like, look, I'd like to help you. I'd like to transform your yard, and I'll bring all my skill, I'll bring all the stuff, I'll bring the, all the guys that can get this done. I just need you to participate with me. And it's always interesting to me who says no. I'm just, I'm just telling you, if somebody walks up to me and says, hey, I'll come to your house, and I'll clean your basement. I'm like, all in. all in. I, he could be wearing that white Jason's mask and just look like a killer. I'd be like, yeah, come on. Watch my kids while you're there too. Because I'm just like, get after it. But I'm so surprised at the people who simply say no. And I wonder, why do they do that? Why do they do that? Maybe, it, maybe it's fear. You know, there's this little bit of mistrust. Like, who is this guy? What he really want? Maybe they really don't think their yard needs much work. Maybe they kind of want to go it alone. But there's always that couple, that's really kind of fun, who says, hey, we're all in. Come on, you can watch it. And then he goes back to their house, and he looks at their yard, and it's always a train wreck. And they're always kind of explaining, well, you know, we had hoped to do this, and we wanted to do this. And then he says, hey, listen, don't worry about what your yard is now. Let me show you what your yard can be. And then he rolls out the blueprint. You guys remember that? He rolls it out, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh. It's amazing that you can see that. Now. The reason why I like this show is because I think it really illustrates something that we're talking about today. See, here's, here's what I, I think, what happens. Is that I think God sort of crashes into our life. And he says, hey, I'd like to transform some things in you. I would like, in fact, I'm going to bring all my resources to bear down on that. I'm going to bring all the, all the skills that you have. I have all the things that you need to be the person that you want to be. And all I need you to do is participate with me. And I'm always amazed at the times when he said that to me and I say no. Maybe you've said no. Why would we do that? Are we, are we afraid? Are we suspicious? Do we think we've got it kind of figured out on our own terms? Well, you know what, God, if you work on my yard, you might want to work on my marriage. God, if I let you into this arena of my life, what about this arena of my life? I'm, i like got this in charge. I kind of want you to work on my Sunday life, but you can't work on that part of my life. What, what drives us to not invite God into every arena of our lives? And then the other thing that rem- this show reminds me of, is what God wants to form in us, the blueprint. Because he has this amazing ability to say, I know your story. I know the condition of your story. I know the things that people have spoke over you that you think have limited you. But look what I want you to be. And then he rolls out this plan. And if you've walked with God for any length of time and and, and you've encountered that moment when God says look you can be better it can be better there is that gap where you're like man i am stunned at what you see so what does god what's what's the plan because here's the thing while it might be unique in some ways to each of us in this room the reality is there's one idea that god is shaping when he wants to talk and speak to our character and i'd like to i'd like to make sure we all understand when God says, I want to transform your character, what is he wanting to transform it into? And he wants to transform it into the image of his son Jesus. Look at this verse out of Romans. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his what? His son. Would you say, could you say that with me? He transformed us to become like his son Now, in other words, to love like Jesus did, to forgive like Jesus forgave, to be honest like Jesus was honest, to be courageous like Jesus was courageous, to be compassionate, to be all wise like Jesus. The plan is that when people see you and people see me, they see Jesus. To which, as soon as you hear that, you're like, I'm out. Like, I can't do that. I can be a better version of me. I can be like a 2.0 of me. Like, if God, if you want me to be just kind of better, I'm all in, but be like you? And, there's, and the reason why I think we struggle to sort of embrace this idea, the reason why that feels so staggering to us, is because honestly, guys like me who teach for a living... And there's a lot of teaching out there that I think is misleading. And it comes around this idea that when it comes to the character of Christ being formed in us, all we need is time and hard work. And I suspect that if for some of us, we would admit that we've kind of bought that myth. You know. And, and it's just, I'm going to keep working, I'm going to keep striving, I'm going to keep trying. And what ends up happening after years of that? Eventually, you'll look back and you go, this doesn't work. This is really hard. I guess this whole faith thing, and then secrets begin to be kept. You know, you meet in little circles, and how's life? And life is really hard, but I'm not going to let you in on that, so life's good. You know? What are you watching? Well, I know what I'm watching is not healthy for me, but I'm not sure if you know what you'll do with that information, so I don't tell you. And we get sort of discouraged, and we start keeping secrets, and then we come to church, and we kind of pretend, and we sing songs, but in the gap of our character resides this large space, and we don't know how to close it. And I think that's why God crashed in, and he said, I'll close it for you. I just need you to cooperate with me. I just need to let you let me in and work. Now, this was a a pivot point for me in my journey as a, as a Christ follower. Because I don't know about you how you uh, read and engage Scripture, but I used to read it in a pretty toxic way. I would read it, and I would, I would look at it through the lens of what I wasn't doing. So I'd always get kind of really discouraged, and my prayer times were always more like, God, I'm, t- you know, I'm lousy at this, I blew it here, I blew it. You know, and, I, and I remember one time just stepping back from that, and seeing that as a very toxic relationship with God. I mean, can you imagine if you have a child and every day you come home, you're kind of pumped to see your kids, you want to get with them, and all they do is sit around and tell you how bad they were? I mean, you'd start to wonder, wow, what what do they think I'm doing here as their dad? Am I just going to punish them? And so, There was a real pivot point for me, and it came when I engaged this scripture out of John, and I really looked at even Jesus' life and what he was teaching. And So we're going to look at it today, and I I hope it just maybe encourages you as it did me. But it's John chapter 15. This is Jesus speaking, and he makes some very, very profound statements. He says, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can really do a lot of good things. Doesn't say that, does it? He actually says, hey, when you and I aren't connected, you can't do anything. You can't do what I'm talking about. You can can be a better you, but you can't do the things that I'm inviting you to do. And as I started thinking about that, he's, he's not asking us to go home and work on it. He's not asking us to go home and just try harder. No, he's saying, let me in. And through you, as you learn to cooperate with you, if you let me crash into your life and you say, hey, yeah, come on. Yeah, come into my marriage. Heck yeah, come into my finances. Heck yeah, come into my habits. He'll say, look, you know what I'll do? I'll love through you. You know what I'll do? I'll break that unhealthy habit. You know that secret you've had? You've had it for years. Your spouse doesn't even know about it. You've got it hidden in your car. It's on that secret account. She doesn't know about it. He doesn't know about it. Nobody knows about it. You want to get rid of that in 2015? Let me show you how. No more pretending. You want to really walk through forgiveness... Yeah, you know what? You can't when you start to think about the deep wounds that you've had, the offense that's been done to you. But I can forgive through you because I've been deeply wounded. I know what it's like to be betrayed. And you know what? If you remain in me, I can heal that. But if you go home and try to work on that apart from me, you don't truly heal. You know that attitude that just kind of gets you hijacked every single time? How about we change that? See, when it comes to character, Jesus is the model. When it comes to building our character, the method is to abide. Or what we learned, remain. And it's really interesting because this is a deeply, deeply personal word a deeply, deeply personal word. Look at this, um, this deal here. Remain in me, and I remain in you. In other words, stay close. Come close to me. No, 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 no. Come closer. Yeah, no, 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 no. Closer. That's what it means to remain. That's what it means to abide. So let me give you just sort of three ways that I, I think we could leave here today and we can experience this in a, in a really sort of practical way. I'd like you to take these notes down if you do that kind of thing. If you don't take these notes down, take these notes down. They're really actually going to be pretty helpful to you. Three ideas, and then we're going to punch out and we're going to go home and watch uh, HGTV. So it's going to be all good, right? I want you to think and act relationally, not religiously. I want you to think and act relationally, not religiously. See, the Bible is this narrative of of a God who wants relationship with his creation. Very intimate, connected relationship. There's There's names of God. And in the Bible, the names reveal the nature of God. And there's there's names like Father, Shepherd, Abba. Now to us, if you've been around church circles, you've heard those names often. But when the audience heard those names for the first time, they knew there was a shift, that this God was different than than the deities that people had set up and tried to understand how the universe worked. This was a God who was deeply, intimately wanting to be connected to his people. Now, religion, on the other hand, is kind of our approach to trying to understand God and and sort of either keep him off our back or lasso him in and pull him in to do our bidding. So we tend to, in religious kind of the framework, we tend to follow rules, we tend to follow a list, and the behavior or the, or the success of that is largely based on me. But in relationship, the success is largely based on Christ, on who he is, on what he does. Now, number two, think and act relationally, not religiously. Number two, focus on association, not imitation. Focus on association, not imitation. There's a lot of ways that the Bible describes how God speaks to us. And I don't and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not talking about this loud voice. In fact, the experiences that I've sensed God speak to me, and I know that might make you a little nervous. Let me just kind of it's like a whisper. I don't know, probably enough of us in this room know exactly what I'm talking about. But, but it's like this kind of so say it like this. <coughs> Andy, don't do that. Hey, hey, Andy, you need to speak up. You know that's wrong. Hey, Andy, don't click on that. Hey, Andy, it's been like a couple days. How about we sit together? You just open up Scripture, and we just talk together. Real, real subtle, real little nuances. But when you're thinking through imitation, you're you're tending not to focus on this association. And one of the places that I find the most strength where I hear the whispers of God is when I open up Scripture and I just sit there and I just listen to it and I read it because, see, I don't don't read about the bangles and kind of go, I could do better than that. I should show up and go down there, you know. Sometimes I think I could, but I know in reality I can't. But there's times, man, when you read the word of God, you're like, holy smokes, this is what God wants me to do. He's like inviting me to do this. And then sometimes some scripture just stands out and then later I'm able to sort of lean back into it. So the idea is focus on connecting on association. And then the last, I can't, but God can through me. This is just such a good idea. Would you just say this one I can't, but God can through me. Would you say that with me this morning? I can't, but God can through me. One of the writers of most of the New Testament, Paul, he said this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, I know some of us are saying right now, you know, Andy, I can't be patient with him one more day. And God says, but I can. And if you're associating with me, if you're listening to my whisper, I will help you. I will help you. I can't kick this habit, but Christ can through me. I absolutely have lost self-control, but I can, through Christ, regain self-control. I can actually get on a budget and try it again. I can't forgive her, but He can through me. See, there's only one person who can be Jesus. And it's Jesus. You can be a better version of you, but what if you just surrendered and said, okay, God, just work through my life in such a profound way. Let me remain in you that we're so connected that the plans and the purposes that you have for me, you bear those out through me. Where no more secrets, God. No more compartmentalizing my life, no more sort of hands-off. When you crash in today, when you crash in tomorrow at work, and you say, hey, 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 be honest. Be honest on that contract. Be honest on that. Hey, full disclosure, when you hear that little, think association. Think association. Think connectivity. Okay, Now, as the band comes back up and we prepare to kind of finish up, one of the values that Four Corners has is we take all these ideas and we create a roadmap for us to walk this out. So pull out your your Connect card. I'd like to lead you through a couple bold steps that I want to give you. These are some ideas. I'm sure you have some for yourself. Let me just articulate a few ideas that I think if we all kind of, go in some of the similar direction. Just think what could happen in our homes this week, what could happen in our lives, what could happen at work. So I've got some ideas. Let me lead you through these. And as you take that card out, what I'd like you to do is simply just check the one that resonates with you, okay? First, this is the boldest of all steps. And it's the step that just simply says, you know, God, I don't want to know you out there I need you to come in. Because for some of us, God's been crashing in, crashing in, crashing in. And today's the day you say, hey, Jesus, come in. Come in. We call that around here just the confession of sin. Just saying, God, I'm a sinner. I've lived life on my own terms and in my own ways. And today I confess that. I confess I've sinned against you and I ask your forgiveness, and I ask you to come in and lead my life. Just check that box today. If you're making that personal decision for Christ to forgive you and lead your life, we, we talk about that being born again. The second is you'd like to be baptized. A great next step that you can take after the first one is to follow that up with the public display of being baptized. It's something that Jesus did, and it's this outward Manifestation of the inward decision you just made. Check that. Then the next is the group. I can't, I, I can't stress enough how important it is and how much that idea of connecting and being remaining happens when you're in community. It is so good to see you in rows, it is so much better when you're in a circle. And you get to talk to somebody and you get to go, Hey, what, what's going on in your life? And they go, Yeah, me too. Man, that's going on in my life, and you encourage each other to abide. I'd love for you to get into a group. I believe in those things. I've been in one for three and a half years, in, in my these guys are important to me. So there's a code next to the group. Try it. Just get in it. You you know you might it might be the best decision you've made. It might be a good decision, but just risk and get into a group. So today sign up for one of those. Then the last uh, the next one is this next series that. We're gonna, uh, that's going to happen here is all around the popular ideas that are being surfaced in the Fifty Shades genre. I know you've been talking about that. And what I know Four Corners and Pastor Ben and the team wants to do is just speak into that and bring some clarity where there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of hurt. It's a great opportunity for you to invite some friends. If, if you have some folks that you'd like to do, we want to be praying for you this week. Check that box. Say, you know, there are some people I'm going to bring with me. I'm just going to invite them and say, hey, come in. Let's check this series out. So D is just simply invite three people. And then last is just to simply memorize John 15, 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be faithful unless you remain in me. I'd like you to this week just write that verse down. And keep that in front of you. And every, every day, you just when you're tempted to kind of go out on your own, just say, hey, you know, God, today I want to remain in you. I want to remain in you. So check that. There's a lot there, I think. Hopefully one of those lands on you. Let me pray for you. And then we'll finish up this morning. Would you just bow your heads? Father, uh, thank you for the, the character and the nature of your son, Jesus. And I'm praying for that person this morning that um, is surrendering their life, is really opening their life at a level that they never have. I pray that God is, they confess that they need you, that they seek your forgiveness, that they would sense that you are crashing in, you are going to do some profound work, that they've landed at a church that will nurture that, encourage that, and strengthen that decision. We pray for the people connecting in community and learning your word and becoming inviters and includers. We celebrate, God, what you want to do, what you have planned for us. And uh, we don't want to keep you at arm's length. We We want to walk with you and remain in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name.